Yeah, the steward. Well, wait, did she blow off like a whole bunch of kids who were counting on her? Excuse me? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast Where we review, coincidentally enough, very special episodes Today, we'll be reviewing The Mary Tyler Moore Show Season 3, Episode 1, uh, Good Time News. And joining me, the person who likes to go out onto the streets of Minneapolis and throw his hat in the air, Austin Gordon. Are you going to make it after all? I am going to make it after all. <laughs> do, 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 do! <laughs> and the uh, person in Portland who'd rather news be less factual but more entertaining is... Carolyn Maine. Aw, you ruined my final joke. But it makes it less sexist, though, so that helps. (laughs) Well, then, let's call that progress. And the the person who makes 70 cents to our dollar is... (laughs) Ryan Alexander Tanner. I gotta say, I feel really good about that. I make more money than Carol on this podcast. (laughs) I know we right. Wait, wait, there's been money? (laughs) Ryan, you're not supposed to tell her about that. She makes nothing... And I make nothing and a half. Yeah, no, that's going to be my joke. Here nothing times 30%. 30% us, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, David, does that mean that you're the one of us who turns the world on with his smile? Uh, I think that was self-evident. Did I even <laughs> say my name? This is how ill-prepared I am for whatever reason. Uh, no, I don't think you did say your name. I'm David Bitsenoffer, for people who don't know. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't be throwing that out after that introduction. <laughs> people lit on it. Um, I do want to talk about, though, how it's a coincidence that this show is called a very special episode, and we actually talk about very special episodes, because it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing how that happened. <laughs> I don't, I'm confused about it. We it's called it like, one whoa. thing, and then we had a completely separate meeting about what the podcast should be about. <laughs> Lo and behold, mm-hmm. it was going to be about types of bags of chips. Oh, man, I love chips, you guys. We're like, a very special episode, which should be about we should eat chips and talk about (laughs) how they are. I want to do the chip podcast now. (laughs) You just want an excuse to eat chips. Yeah, they could let Ryan eat on the mic. (laughs) I I would just be talking about their mouthfeel all the time. Mm -hmm. You guys, I put Tabasco on every chip. Oh, yeah? Yes. It's really good on Doritos, it's really good on Smart Food, and it's really Mm. good on Fritos, which are the best chips. Yeah, everything's good on Fritos. See how good this podcast could have been? I know! (laughs) I gotta do a chips cast. That's just a little taste of what you would have experienced if we'd picked a better 
You could Topics. have had Lauren as a special guest because she loves chips too. Yeah. Oh, all about him. She likes Funyuns though, and I don't know if I can get behind. Get that. to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, another example of Ryan stalling us, then getting mad. <laughs> I want it both ways. Ryan, you're like my mom. That's what my mom does. I'm just like Carol's mom. <laughs> all makes sense so- now. So we're, we we are reviewing Good Time News, which is Mary finds out that she makes less money than her previous uh, associate producer and is not happy about it. And meanwhile, they want a format change to make news less factual and more fun and more, you know, ways to elect monsters, I think. Good, that's not relevant right now. I know, know, none of this is Considering this aired in 1972, it's oddly topical for 2017. I know. Right? It's almost as spooky as that Life Day special when they (laughs) killed the guy under occupied territory. Well, it's interesting because it's about two different societal problems that haven't improved at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like two totally different ones. Yeah. Woo! Woo! In fact, may have gotten worse since then. I was going to say, I feel like... One of them maybe got a little bit better, but it's still a problem, and the other one's maybe gotten worse. Mm. I'll be interested in which is which. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Speaking of the Life Day episode, Han killed yeah. a stormtrooper. Yeah, did is we talk right about that enough? Stormtrooper. It is if they are if they have a stormtrooper signal on them. Yeah. Then just what if they kill. have a s- stupid haircut? Yep. Yeah. You if you're think... a stormtrooper, do women stormtroopers get paid less than men stormtroopers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can still punch them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, this is a Mary Tyler Moore episode. We are doing it partially because, or mainly because Mary Tyler Moore did pass away a few days ago when we're yeah. recording this. Yeah, so this is our, our tribute sand. to Mary Tyler Moore. Did we get word if her ghost is going to be joining us? Uh... I wasn't aware of her ghost joining us, but ghosts usually do what they want. I don't... Yeah. No, her ghost hasn't returned our emails, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has that in common with some other actors. So, So if if this has gone up and you don't care anymore about the death of Mary Tyler Moore, then you're callous. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Well, it will have been like a couple of weeks by the time this goes up, which is like an eternity in terms yeah, of celebrity you know, memorial. There'll just be a it's nuclear like... war in between, but it's <laughs> We'll all be ghosts, and then we'll get to see how long a ghost week is. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start with me, and this is actually the first episode I've ever seen of this show. Not out of any sort of like, I'm not watching this shit or anything. <laughs> it just net was never really in my viewing habits or I don't I don't even recall it really being in syndication, although I'm sure it was at certain points. Uh so this is the first time and then I was just looking up what episodes to look at and apparently there's a very funny clown death episode. Oh but... shit. That was the one I wanted to do, yeah. Yeah. No, Which I might just watch anyways, because I actually kind of liked what I saw this episode, but uh, uh, this is the first I've really known of it, except I live in Minnesota, and you can't not hear Mary Tyler Moore all the time. Living in Minnesota, even though it's just she played a character that happened to live here, and it's really, she has no real actual relationship. Wait, with, they play the with... song a lot in your town? Uh, Minnesota loves to glob onto anything vaguely related to minnesota oh yeah sorry you guys are star fuckers oh totally yeah if you're a celebrity who like 
had a layover in Minnesota <laughs> at some point, we're like, yeah, Minnesota Zone. Yeah, I know. You're one of us now. <laughs> like, we love to talk about Diablo Cody just because she, like, lived here for a couple years. Like, mm. David, because she was a stripper here. Oh, no, that's, that is cool because she, you know, she's a writer and writers are really cool. Is anyone still talking about Diablo Cody? Minnesota is. I I did yeah, I the other day too. Yeah. No, I'm just as an example. Like I have nothing for or against her. You know, I'm fairly Diablo Cody neutral, I suppose. But uh, we just loved it. Like as soon as you know she became famous, and it turned out that she wrote one of her books while she was stripping here. Like suddenly she's like a saint, and we love her, and she's like Minnesota's own Diablo Cody. Even though wow. I don't even think she enjoyed her time here, if I remember. Well, correctly. it would be really cold stripping there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because we haven't heard of these things that are called indoor. Yeah, they don't have indoor heat in Minnesota. <laughs> I know, I know what happened after the nuclear apocalypse that we were all privy to. <laughs> to your point, Mary Tyler Moore never lived in Minnesota. Uh, she just she played a character on a show set in Minnesota, but that was enough for us to make her one of our own. Yeah. So, what's your relationship with uh, Mary Tyler Moore, Austin? Uh, like you, this is the first episode of the series I've ever seen, which Whoa. as, as a born and bred Minnesotan, I'm a little bit embarrassed of that since mm-hmm. she is, she is one of our own. And also we don't get a lot of shows set in Minnesota. So that kind of makes yeah. it, big. it's like we have this in coach. Oh. <laughs> I bet you guys love coach. <laughs> yeah. Coach is. Minnesota state. Is that what it was? Yeah. With a fake, a fake college, fake yeah. college. But, uh, yeah, we should note, uh, before, sorry to interrupt Austin, but that, uh, if you don't know, there is a statue of Mary Tyler Moore in Minneapolis. No way! Throwing her hat in the air. Yeah, yeah. throwing the hat Really? Away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is, is it, it good, or is it like that bad Lucy statue? Uh, it looks pretty good, I no, think. No, it's, it's a good statue. What's yeah. it made of? Bronze. Ooh, well, I, I want to see a picture of it. I guess I could Google it. Is she yeah. doing the hat thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And for, it just got, it recently was moved because they're doing a lot of construction on the street where it was. But mm-hmm. it was pretty much positioned where she is in the opening credits of the show when she tosses the hat in the air. Yeah. Which wow. is which is right across the street from the flagship Dayton's department store, which became Marshall Fields and then Macy's and is now closing and all of us locals are wringing our hands about that because it's kind of a like Minnesota institution that's been around for a century and a half and is finally going the way of the dodo. Oh, I just Google image search it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. They should put that next to the Rocky statue. <laughs> That's in Philadelphia. Well, and they, they had to move the Rocky statue, didn't they? Yeah, I have a lot to say about the Rocky statue, but that's for another day. Because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't considered art, so they had to move it into the middle of a street, basically. I had a great uh, discussion with a contemporary artist about that, that like the reason why they had to move it is because, like, the, the, it's it's sincere. Yeah. Like the Rocky statue's like there because it's like Rocky rules, dude. <laughs> like if it was like a commentary on uh-huh. the contemporary film or like our hero worship, they would keep it there. But since it's just like a sincere tribute to Rocky, it can't be in front of the art museum. But know? Rocky does rule. I know that's why he's on off to the side of the museum. <laughs> I say they should have just kept it, but yeah. The other thing is, I went to visit my friend in Philadelphia, and I wanted to go see the Rocky statue. And I learned about water ice is like a big thing they have in Philadelphia, which is just like a. It's basically like shaved ice, but they call it water ice. Okay. And uh, we went, and I took a picture by the Rocky statue, and then they had a stand, and it was like 
rocky water ice. And it was like, <laughs> nothing made it rocky water ice. <laughs> other than if you just say rocky in front of something <laughs> by the statue, people will buy it. They should have had like slabs of meat hanging by it and be like, take uh, a few punches before drinking. Punch, punch the meat, yeah. Or they could have put like egg yolks in there, or just the uh, raw egg in it. Uh, so yeah, I have not seen much Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, I did watch a lot of the Dick Van Dyke show when I was yeah. younger, so I mm-hmm. have a lot of familiarity with Mary Tyler Moore from that. Uh, I also saw her in Thoroughly Modern Millie, which if you've never seen that movie, check it out, because that shit is fucked up. Oh, I did. I have seen Ordinary People, and I do really yeah. like that movie. I was going to talk uh, about yeah. Ordinary yeah. People also. Yeah. Well, you can talk about that, Ryan. Uh, what's your relationship with the show? Um, I love. Well, I love Mary Tyler Moore. Like I do. Like mm-hmm. I was sad when I heard she died, and um, well, I was really like I watched more Nick at Night than anything else growing up. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite TV growing up was like older shows generally. So I didn't. I watched a fair amount of Mary Tyler Moore and. Dick Van Dyke, and yeah, Ordinary People I saw. So I just have always loved Mary Tyler Moore as, like, kind of as an icon, as as a performer. Like, I genuinely admire and appreciate her. I think she's really great. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad we're doing a tribute to her. And we're not going to just, like, shit on this episode. We're actually, like, well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. It's also worth pointing out that she's probably the most, was the most prominent advocate for diabetes in the country. Well, um, next to Wilford Brimley, well, motherfucker. Yeah. You can't fuck with Wilford Brimley. He That's made 30% true. more off of the diabetes campaign than she did. And rightly so. And then his glucose was 30% higher. And she and she was herself um, a type 1 diabetic. You know, great actress, but also did a lot of good uh, good charity works and things great like that. Great actress, even greater diabetic. <laughs> I will say, I haven't seen anything Mary Tyler Moore was in that I didn't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it, there's a clip of her surprising Oprah. That's on her the show. only way that I know her. <laughs> and it's a it's a very awesome clip, just because of Oprah's genuine reaction. And Oprah loves her. It. Oprah went yeah. and filmed a little bit where Oprah threw Oprah's hat up in the air. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Mary Tyler Moore is a true like trailblazer. Like mm-hmm, besides like just the shit we're gonna talk about in this episode, <laughs> yeah. like she was the first woman to wear pants on television. Yeah, like on the Dick Van Dyke show, wasn't she that had... Catherine Hepburn? Well, that would be te- movies. That would movies yeah. yeah, no, she had to throw down to um get to wear pants on the show. Yeah. On the Dick Van Dyke show. On the Marilyn Tyler Moore show, she was on the pill, and we learned that. Nice, yeah. that she didn't have mods problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Mary Tyler Moore show is hugely influential. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of, it's it's kind of, you had the the sitcom coming of age in the 70s, and you basically had the Norman Lear shows, and you had the the James L. Brooks MTM Enterprises was a yeah. production company. Um, so like they had their stable of shows, and there's the Norman Lear shows, and those were the big like socially conscious but still funny sitcoms of the '70s. And this was one of the big groundbreaking ones. It was the first time that a single, never married woman was the main character of a TV show. Mm. Well, maybe we should ask a, uh, a woman about this. <laughs> a single, never married woman, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you can use that smooth segue, Damon. <laughs> you weren't single. I was just going to say. Oh, that's true. That's I just want to say, you. too, we had to bug Carol to do this episode. <laughs> like, hey, we're doing Mary Tyler Moore tribute. And she's like, I'm not into that. And then we were like, well, it's just going to be three dudes talking about Mary Tyler Moore if you don't do it. Maybe I just wanted to make you all admit that. No, I was, I was like, it's going to be three white guys talking about gender inequality. Yeah. Here, so I'm like, it's a little odd. So then we just pressured a woman into <laughs> joining us. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing about uh, 60% today. You guys can pick up the slack yeah. and, and I'll be making more money. I think that's, like, that's fair. Um. So yeah, for some reason, I've barely never, I, I just like you and Austin, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen an episode of this before. And I'm sure I've encountered her somewhere, most notably on that Oprah clip. And mm-hmm. I really like that picture of her. Lady Doming, Dick Van Dyke, then Ann Getty shot that came out mm-hmm. in the 90s, and you can see it after her death. It was very beautiful. <clears throat> and I do know she is this great pioneer, but yeah. If you guys didn't guilt me into it based on my gender, <laughs> I still wouldn't necessarily have recognized this pioneer. So it's nice you shamed me into appreciating the one part that we have diversity <laughs> on as a podcast. <laughs> All the rest of the guys are just white dudes with glasses. And yeah. the diversity is yeah, the so facial Yeah, so our diversity hair. is the glasses. Yeah. I don't even know if a majority has or has not glasses, but I'll go with it. I'm oppressed here. My gla- you know, People don't understand the struggles of a white man who has nearsightedness. <laughs> um, all right, I guess we can get into the episode i don't do we have anything to say about the opening it's mary tyler moore we're gonna make it after all she throws her head great uh theme song there's like this 70s theme song thing that to me is always like sort of like late 70s early 80s like these really like sleepy feeling theme Mm -hmm. songs Mm -hmm. like they're soothing in a way that makes you feel tired yeah Yeah, but i don't know if like i always talk to my brother about this that there's something about the cheers theme song that like reminds you of like having to go to bed but I think it's because, like, our parents used to always make us go to sleep when Cheers came on. And you could, like, hear it on in the other room. And But I don't know. But it also, like, there's, like, a sad, like, especially these James mm-hmm. L. Brooks shows. The theme songs uh-huh. are all kind of, like, make you kind of sad. And, yeah, melancholy is the word mm-hmm. for it. Like, the taxi theme song mm-hmm. is really kind of yep. beautiful and sad. And the Cheers theme song and this one. Like, yeah. Kind of soothing, but, like. Well, and that's what and that's what struck me when we when we did our Always Sunny episode. Mm-hmm. Was the Always Sunny theme song reminded me of one of those kind of quasi melancholy seventies mm-hmm. theme songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all strings and pretty strings. Uh, my yeah. dude's been listening to a lot of New Heart lately, and that's mm. another really pretty theme song with a lot of oh yeah violins. Yeah, yeah totally. Less sad though. This is, this one wasn't sad too much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is where was was it? Did it feel sad at the time, or, or are you just sad right now, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or we just in sad <laughs> times and everything sad. Yeah. No, I just have always felt that way about these themes. Like it's kind of comforting and yeah, yeah. And the other ones. Yeah, are no, cool. I'm not. I just wonder what the original intention of the song. If it's just something we associate today, or if at the time they're like, oh, let's go a little more melancholy. But uh, well, I wonder about the having to go to bed thing. I think that may have really deeply affected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I definitely remember that feeling, like staring at the couch yeah. because I was so bored mm-hmm. and I wasn't napping. Or being like, shit, the cheer theme is on. 
the cheer team is on and like waiting and like hoping sometimes the parents like weren't on top of making you have to go to bed like that tension of like maybe i will get to stay up a little longer you know yeah well, i just remember now i'm getting real off track it was uh <laughs> i <laughs> i heard of american gladiators but it was always on at like 11 or 12 at, at, at night oh. so i was never allowed to watch it so in my mind it was like <laughs> The something best super racy or something <laughs> like there's gonna be nudity and like violence and just blood and guts or whatever and then i finally like got to stay up or like it was on i watched it i'm like well this is just kind of a lame athletic competition i would like to see it done all nude the american gladiating <laughs> greco-roman style yeah have we talked about that before maybe N- nude wrestling in yeah. ancient greece i don't think yeah. that's a topic we've really uh gone after but <laughs> Austin? All I was going to say was, as a local, it was both cool and kind of (laughs) weird to see the old school 70s skyline of Minneapolis. Mm. Yeah. It looks smaller, right? Or is that right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just less skyscrapers and less sprawling. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, she comes up on the intersection to go, like, at one point, like, the camera's following the car, and it's basically the exact same, like, downtown exits that you take right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty cool. No, yeah. For us. I'm sure uh, Ryan and Carolyn did give a yeah. one. Yeah, it means nothing to anyone that doesn't know Minneapolis. I don't give a fuck about that, I, yo. I actually couldn't care less. <laughs> if I tried, I, I could not care less. <laughs> uh, so the first scene takes place in uh, Mary's apartment. And I guess I should say Mary is the character's name as well as the actress's um. I guess she couldn't remember a different character's name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to talk about two. The the so we all watched the same YouTube video of this, right? Yeah. Yes, and I guess to avoid in, copyright right? problems, yeah, it's like cro- slightly cropped. Like, yeah, not so much you can't watch it, but enough <laughs> so that you notice it a lot. Yeah, that it's annoying. It wasn't as cool as the one that just had like snow going in front of it. <laughs> the leaf background. Oh, yeah, the leaf I don't know which bootleg. No, Option yeah, I want the same one as you. I think yeah. I'll take snow over weird cropping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize when I sent it out, I was just like, oh, this looks good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's super cropped. That's kind of weird. Yeah, once I noticed that it was cropped weird, I was like, screw this noise. And I looked up where else I could watch it, and then I watched it on Hulu. Oh, uh, you did? God damn it, it's on Hulu? I have Hulu. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> but yeah real quick i want to say i my vote was to watch the one with the clown's funeral which i think is yeah. like it's not really a special episode but if we were just doing a tribute to mary tyler Moore, i feel like that's the most kind of famous one yeah, yeah. i think you can wiggle the definition of special i mean i certainly do well i think it's I it's it's special because mary tyler Moore died anyway i just want to tell you david that you were wrong when you chose. <laughs> i thought this would fit the premise of our podcast better and it's an issue we have not really delved into okay i'm sure we'll do it with sensitivity and insight we'll get to the clown funeral episode at some point that does yeah. sound pretty good so, uh, we start in Mary's apartment, and her friend comes in, whose name Rhoda. Rhoda. It's Rhoda, and then Rhoda later has a show, yep. which yeah. was really great, and that had, um, what's her name, the woman who's the voice of Marge Simpson? Julie Kavner. Julie Kavner was on it, and Lorenzo Music is the voice of the door manager, and you never see him, and he's Carlton, the door manager, who's the, he's later is the voice of Garfield. Oh. And uh, I actually honestly always preferred Rhoda's show over Mary Tyler Moore's. Like, I watched the shit out of Rhoda. Anyway, Rhoda's a great character. I love Rhoda. 
Yeah, and she's dating a steward who she just calls a male stewardess, which I'm Waka Waka. Well, I like that because they were like, she's he's a stewardess, and she's like, Mary's like, they're called stewards, and it's like, well, now they're all just called flight attendants. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Question for you guys. Do you think the stewardess was a 10? Uh... <laughs> the steward? Yeah, the steward. Well, wait, did she blow off like a whole bunch of kids who were counting on her? Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) Mary also talks about the pressure she feels being the only female executive because that... In at the station she works at the TV station she works. Yeah, at. I wondered if that was a little metatextual commentary for Mary Tyler Moore because she says her character says now I feel like I represent women everywhere, mm-hmm. and I I wouldn't be surprised if she as an actress was starting to feel that at you know the beginning of the third season of this kind of influential show. Oh Maybe. yeah, yeah, I bet. I think the women in the workforce sort of. I mean, Carol, do you want to talk? About that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Or do you, do you feel in. like that on this podcast? Like that since you get you have to be like the woman that you are yeah. kind of forced to be the voice of <laughs> after we forced you on this podcast because you're I a know. woman to talk about woman issues. Do you feel like you have to be the voice of all women everywhere? Carol, what does your vagina think about this episode? <laughs> that's that's so controversial. That's so cunt. Reverse well, We do ask you a lot of stupid questions. As the voice of all men, we ask you stupid questions <laughs> and we're pushy and insensitive. It's the it's the oldest tale from the history mm-hmm. times is what we're doing right here. Uh yeah, you know, I always feel well that's the thing, is it like um so I'm a bit nerdy and being nerdy you end up hanging out with a lot of dudes a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this is just yeah. it's like comic books, Ryan. It's yeah. like video games uh, oh, yeah. and it's yep. like and so it's good. It's good. I can definitely be an ambassador while I do a really nerdy thing as a woman, which is nice. But yeah, I know there's several other types of womanity that I do not represent, and I can I can only be myself and show how I feel. Being an authentic woman is like, and some people like it, and some people don't, and that's gotta be okay. And yeah, it'd be great if we had like four times as many women several times. <laughs> Uh, it's been fun in AVSE how we have had like femdom episodes. We had me and Amy and Ryan, and oh, then yeah. we had Mel and our other guest last. Or um, well, we're gonna coming uh, up. You're gonna see on the Oprah episode. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be amazing. One that will happen is me. <laughs> I ended up in the minority. Yeah, how was that as a man, David? Did you I... represent all men? I felt a little less privileged. Uh-huh. And so now uh-huh. I'm trying to get in charge of this podcast, an orange Cheeto goblin, to just spew hate, piss, and fire everywhere. Cool. Sounds good. And it'll make probably everything worse and just kind of take everyone down a notch, but that's better than me having to at least admit that, you know, I might be more equal to other people. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't really God think, forbid, you know. David, you have a day of humility in your goddamn life. <laughs> no, no, it's unacceptable. When we talk about privilege or whatever, like, that's the thing, right? Is like, David, when you're the only man on the podcast, you don't feel like you have to speak for all men, that you're the representative of men, but um, other people don't get to feel like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Understanding that when you come from a place of privileges, I think something a lot of people need to start looking in the mirror and figuring out. By a place of privilege, you mean uh, Minneapolis? (laughs) (laughs) Privilege with all those statues and celebrities. Land of bronze statues. (laughs) We we are a little more secured from global warming, so I think we can laugh at... (laughs) Oh, the coast when you guys are underwater. Yeah, that's so. true. Wow. We, have, we have the upside that when the when the seas take the cities, we'll we're far enough inland that we'll mm-hmm. just laugh at the loss of all those cultural landmarks. Yeah, and we're actually just going to warm up to bearable temperatures too. And you know, we'll we'll have a lot of species of animal that die out or run up, but yeah, whatever. You know, at least I'll be comfortable. Fuck them, those species. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this got serious. I know, you guys. We have to maintain. <laughs> Can't even get past the first scene without. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stewards, stewardesses, Rhoda. All right, I think that's all for that scene. Yeah, that's pretty well, much she's it. preparing for the executive meeting. She's going to yep. go to Mary. Yeah. Yes. And she feels some pressure on it. So then yeah. she arrives at work, WJM. And uh, Ted, he's the like on-air anchor. And he's decided he's not dressing up for the meeting and also doesn't know that the Pope isn't always Catholic. Actually, it was a funny joke. I'll put yeah, it, it in there. Yeah, it was, it was funny. So, yeah, and then there's Murray. So, Ted Baxter is like the comedically dumb news yeah. anchor. There's Murray, who works with Mary. There's the dad from Good Times, who's another guy that works at the station. Gordy. Yeah. And it is interesting, you know, this is being the 1970s, and Ted, though, you know, the the white guy is considered just like the dumb, uh, ineloquent, just, you know, dumbass, basically. And then the black man is who's very educated and smarter and more eloquent and all that. And it's not even, at least in this episode, commented hated upon except that's just how it is which is true too from what we see but yeah 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 it's a progressive show mm-hmm. do you want to uh do you want to do a quick crack research team check-in on some of these folks yeah uh, sure uh well ted baxter's played by ted knight another actor who couldn't remember his character's name apparently right yeah. <laughs> um most people who don't recognize him from this probably recognize him from caddyshack Oh, and then he had his own sitcom. He was was he too close for comfort? Uh he was he had well he had the Ted Knight show. Oh. Uh in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. That was after this. Um and yes, he was in Too Close for Comfort as well. Yeah, where he had like a hand puppet. He was like a cartoonist or something, I think. I have uh, no idea. I just know that Too Close for Comfort is a show that existed and he was on it. Yeah. I don't know too much about it. I think uh, unhappily ever after or <laughs> Yeah, with the, with Bobcat Goldthwaite as the yeah. bunny. <laughs> No. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> and also of note, he uh, was the narrator on Super Friends. Really? Oh. Yeah. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. At least certain iterations of it. There was a crap ton of different versions of Super Friends and stuff, but mm. and a lot of other stuff. He's a long... Uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, his his newscast cohort Gordy is played by John Amos, uh, who is was, that famous Amos? I I think he's related to the famous Amoses. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, he was the uh, the dad in Good Times, as uh, Ryan said. Good 
<laughs> yeah. He was also in Ruts, the landmark Roots? TV miniseries. Yes. Did you just call it Ruts? Ruts. Roots. <laughs> Roots. Roots. Ruts. Ruts is another word for what's Fuck. going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was the secret bad guy in Die Hard 2. Oh, what? Was he? Yeah, he was like the head military guy that you thought was a good guy, but then turned out to be in league with William Sadler's bad guy. I like barely oh, remember that. No, I don't. I don't remember it. Uh, I've like actually never seen Die Hard 2. Oh, really? Huh? It's like a watered right. It's like a watered down version of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the lesser Die Hard for a long time until yeah. they started making all those more Die Hards. Right. And then they all got worse. And now it's like the third best Die Hard. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. I've only seen two diehards. The diehard and diehard with a vengeance. That was yeah, those are the good right. diehards. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was also uh, Mark Singer's buddy in the Conan ripoff The Beastmaster. Oh, the one Beastmaster. One of my favorite movies as a kid. I should yeah. watch that. My dad loves those books, but I think they're pretty misogynist. They're the, books? The Conan books, you mean? No, Beastmaster. I didn't know I didn't, those were books. Yeah, I didn't realize they were books I either. I think they were like trashy pulp novels. Oh, I'm sure like they were. Like Gorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, he was the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on the West Wing for a number of years. That's oh. a pretty prestigious career. We yeah. go. Yeah, he's go been around you. for a while. All right, and uh, they kind of have some banter, and that then, but at the same time, Mary's distracted because she was going over the record keeping and f- realized that the associate producer before her was making fifty dollars a week more than her. Jeez. Yeah, that, that's a lot of money in 1970s days. Yeah. yeah, did you crunch the numbers? Uh, no. Uh, I had one of our gruel orphans do it. Yeah. And uh, according to an inflation calculator they dug up online, fifty dollars a week in 1972 is equivalent to two hundred and eighty-seven dollars and nine cents in 2016 money. Wow. Week. So that pretty... works out to it's like about twelve hundred bucks a month. Yeah. 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 In uh, 72, it would have been 2600 a year, which is $14,928 today. Wow. In a year. I mean, that's like fifteen grand. That's a big chunk of change. Good chunk of change, enough to get her a little riled up. Which which gets a laugh track. She's like outraged over this, and then they yeah, like pipe in the studio laughter, and I'm like, oh, it's hilarious. She wants equal pay. <laughs> They're just trying right. to keep the scene moving. Of yeah. course, of course. So she goes to confront her boss, Lou Grant. Lou Grant. Lou Grant. Who's, who is played by Austin. Ed Asner. It yeah. doesn't look like Ed Asner to me. Which oh, I was so cool. weird for me seeing him this young. Like, he's not young, yeah. but he's so much younger than, like, I'm used to seeing old Ed Asner. He's still exactly. alive, right? Uh, I think he is. so. He was yeah. the voice in Up, right? Yes, he yeah. was the old guy in Up. But this Ooh. is how I remember him as Lou Grant. Like, That's interesting. What, well, what has he done? I mean, he did the Lou Grant show. They made like a drama about that character after this series ended. I've seen him. He was in a sitcom that I watched that wasn't very heralded <laughs> and probably wasn't very good, but it was in the sweet spot when I was watching everything on TV. And so like I just watched it in prime time. And that's what I really remember him from. Now I'm going to have to look it up, right? Yeah, I was but trying, I was looking I've seen him in live action a lot, and I've only seen him older, like in the '90s and 2000s, which is why, like, seeing him here, it's just weird because I wouldn't have even recognized him as Ed mm-hmm. Ed Asner. 
Was he a real news guy? He sounds like a real news guy, or was he all actor? So. No, he's all actor. Okay. Uh, he was he was Santa Claus and Elf. That's what I oh. that's what I see him most often as because that's on all the time at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him from. He was uh, like the head of the network on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Aaron Sorkin's short-lived, flawed, but still had some good stuff TV. With Matthew Perry? With Matthew Perry and Brad Whitford, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, It was flawed. It was not a good show, but it had its (laughs) moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a judge on The Practice Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of years. He was on ER a few times. Was he the voice of a gargoyle? He was Hudson, uh, I think. Yes, I believe so. Oh, is that why you don't recognize him when he's Lou Grant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where's his wings and his feet? Yeah, he doesn't have gray flesh. <laughs> he doesn't turn to stone during the day. He was the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s Fox <laughs> Spider-Man cartoon. Oh. Uh, yes, he was Gargoyles. He was Hudson. Bam. We should watch more Gargoyles. Is there a very special this. Gargoyles episode? Few. There's one Every one of a, them? No. Yeah, we're, uh, there's a shooting. Oh, shit. There is a <laughs> shooting on Gargoyle. There is. No, it is like a... the, the cop gets shot, right? Dude, we could totally do that episode, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. There's like a gun safety I love episode. that show so much. <laughs> Even today, like I think it holds up. Yeah, he did a lot of... He was in... Uh, he did some Batman the Animated <laughs> Series voices. He was in Oliver Stone's JFK. I remember him from that. And then, yeah, Lou Grant was a 114 episodes of an hour-long drama that they spun Whoa. his character off of. I didn't know it ran that long. Yeah, from uh, uh, 77 to 82. Wow. Yeah. And it was just, it was weird because it, he's a, uh, I mean, this is, he's a sitcom character, but they gave him like an hour-long drama as a spinoff. Yeah. I don't think that happens very often. Yeah. And uh, he was the quote unquote voice of Jabba the Hutt in NPR's uh, Return of the Jedi adaptation. Oh. Oh. That's weird that NPR adapted Star Wars. Yeah, uh, well, I, no, I had a it lot was of just... questions about that. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you've never heard the Star Wars radio dramas? No. They're super no. awesome. Huh. Yeah. Sounds bad. Do they have Terry Gross play Boba Fett? Okay. And Ira Glass <laughs> is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He'd be or no, Ira Glass is Darth Vader. He's like, I, I, coming up this hour, I'm your father. Yeah, I have a nasal voice. David, we're so off track, baby. Now I'm looking up <laughs> at that. Austin, awesome. you forgot to mention he's Granny Goodness in the Superman TV cartoon. Oh, the Superman TV cart, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, know the the original Star Wars radio drama was like early 80s, and so was Empire, and then they lost funding, and then... Eventually, in like the early '90s, they finally went back and did the Jedi one. But it's like Uh-oh. all original. It's like originally written. Uh, I mean, it's adapted, obviously, but it's like a lot of new dialogue, new scenes, sound effects, Ooh. music. It's all pretty cool. I mean, I think I knew the BBC did that, but I am a little surprised America got around. Yeah, to it John Lithgow too. does the voice of Yoda. Oh, sick! No way! Yeah. Wow. Anywho. Does it explain what Yoda's dick looks like? That's the question Ryan asked that I've never <laughs> Why forgotten. Why ask about Yoda's dick? You don't remember that? It was no. a long time ago. I must have been drunk or high. Or drunk <laughs> or high. Uh, I fucking love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I just want to say how much I appreciate the work you did, Mary Tyler Moore, and the difference you made <laughs> in our culture. And now we're talking about Yoda's dick. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore was the first woman to talk about Yoda's dick <laughs> on television. I would love that. Oh, my God. And then B. Arthur followed. Yeah. 
Then everyone was doing it. You know? Yeah. You got some, David? Yeah. <laughs> what, the sitcom I remember him from, which is much more obscure now that I look at was called Thunder Alley. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, and it had Haley Joel Osmond in it. What? Was it about diarrhea? No, I think they were in the garage. <laughs> like, he's an old guy who, I think he handed his, like, uh, garage, like, you know, his auto garage to his daughter. Oh. But he's still, like, a grumpy old man. How huh. long was it on for? Two seasons. That sounds vaguely familiar. It was in the 90s, 94 and 95. Okay. And I just remember, <laughs> I don't know why I remember watching that show, hmm. but I did, and that's how I know, remember Ed Asner most of all. Anyways. So he's real blasé about not giving her equal pay. Yeah. What's interesting, right or wrong, is he's very upfront about why she's not getting $50. Yeah. Well, no, he says it's because she's not um, a, a father. It's, it's Well, both. he goes yeah. to the, the first thing he just says is, well, you're a woman. He's a man. Yeah, why am I getting paid less than a man? Oh, because he's a man. Like, and I, it's not, it's not at all acceptable, but I did find his honesty refreshing, particularly because I feel like so much that's going on in the world today, everyone, like, people are horribly racist and misogynist and then try to pretend that they're not. And I'm like, just come out and say that you're a fucking racist. People use veils for their oppression and misogyny and racism instead of just outright stating them. And it's at least nice when someone is just out there. Because once you know someone's a Nazi, you can punch them in the face. But, you know, right. when they try to hide behind something, then people actually get mad when you well, punch them Well, and he's supposed face. to be sort of like a gruff character. So it makes, it's within. Yeah, a blunt, no nonsense. Well, I didn't know what to expect from him. So he just seemed like a huge asshole. Sure, and sure. like, he got all this <laughs> laughter, like he yeah. was being oh, yeah. charming. But he's just mm-hmm. a jerk. Well, and like the whole scene starts off. She comes into the office and tries to tell him this, and then is all like verklempt about it. And then he ne- he asks no follow up questions, and she's like, "Weren't you going to ask me what was wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, I just assumed it was one of those woman things." Like, <laughs> I know. Oh, she's just on her menzies or something. Although it wasn't great that she was going to the stereotype of women getting over emotional and crying. But yeah, yeah. But I I wanted to say because kind of... I thought about this after I saw it because it seemed really um, mm-hmm. the amount of time we spend talking about income disparity is pretty minimal but then i think you have to really consider like the time and that it's it's revolutionary Mm -hmm. that they're this had never been spoken about on television i don't think so it's a way of sort of uh putting it out there without it's not preachy at all i think his response Mm -hmm. to is kind of jarring to watch especially now like by today's standards but I think it's sort of just mm-hmm. presenting it as a a fact of our society that 
women are just very matter-of-factly paid less than men. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think also a lot of the progress of it is just to talk about it at all. Because then we don't really, we barely even touch on this issue throughout the episode. And the bluntness kind of spoke to the, uns- like, there's the unspoken rule, probably even more just accepted at the time which was you know women are going to get paid less and i think the bluntness of just saying well you're a woman you get paid less and how like they're setting it up even beforehand talking about how much of a better job she's doing and like everyone agrees with it so literally the the only argument for why she's paid less is she's a woman kind of emphasizes how stupid of an argument that is yeah like to the show's credit they don't give anyone any wiggle room to try to make mm-hmm. a case that there's a a legitimate reason that she could be getting paid less because they do establish like everyone saying like yeah you're just as good yeah, or better than the yeah. old guy. Well, to Carolyn's point, they, he does bring up that the previous uh, yes. guy had a family, and so he needed to get paid more to support that family. And at first, she's stumped as to how to combat that, but then she does. Because he's not hiding his sexism, so that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like thankful for it. But it's this <laughs> well, is my no. introduction <laughs> to the character, so I oh, hate yeah. his ass. No, no, I'm not saying you should like him. The show thinks I should. I just it's so much easier to deal with people who just put their cards on the table, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, maybe we'll start seeing some real honesty coming up, David. I know. Well, we already are. Well, <laughs> in dream real life, come true. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, no, you go yeah. through all that. But then, luckily, uh, Ted comes in to distract everybody with his wardrobe crisis <laughs> and so Lou Grant quickly hops on that train to just get out of town. Yeah, I realized watching watching this episode and obviously having not watched a ton of Mary Tyler Moore show mm-hmm. prior to this, I realized that uh that Ron Burgundy and Anchorman is pretty much just Tim Baxter. Um, yeah, yeah, it is actually. So that's a, I kind of have a similar thought. I'm like that character <laughs> maybe I've been as original as you may have Anchor thought. like Ron Burgundy is less like a pastiche of 70s newscasters as he is just like Ted Baxter recast. Yeah. yeah, it's the same color palette, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Very 70s, lots of browns, and then we go blue in the newsletter. Very, very blue and yeah. red. Uh, so now we go into the meeting, which consists of uh, Jack, Ted, Mary, and Lou. And some guy that's the network guy. Well, that was Jack. <laughs> yeah, and he's Jack, not a regular yeah. character. Mm-hmm. While there, there are plenty of social conventions from the 70s and and earlier that that have gone away rightly or need to go away such as uh 
paying a woman less than a man just because she's a woman. There is one social convention of the 70s that I wish was still around, which is having a meeting with your boss at 11 in the morning and having a scotch yeah. while you're doing it. <laughs> Bring that beat back. <laughs> there was that, yeah. He had the liquor cabinet, which is... Like, I don't want Lou Grant... I don't want there to be more Lou Grants in the world, but I wouldn't be opposed to more scotch in meetings. Well, we drink scotch when we do these podcasts, at least. Yeah, I just had Well, some. right, right. Uh, let's see. Robert Hogan played Jack, the network executive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he's known for a lot of soap operas. Yeah, okay. Like, all of them, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so they're going through this meeting, and Jack wants uh, a change in format because they're getting hurt in the ratings, and he thinks they need to go lighter, fluffier, and, you know... Not as hard-hitting on news, but just things that make people feel good. And Lou says... And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is prescient. Yeah, it was crazy. I know! (laughs) Like, I was blown away by how, like... I guess I was just naive. I didn't realize that that struggle between making news informative and entertaining was going on even in like 72. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like that movie newsroom too. Wasn't that Mm -hmm. all Uh about that too? Yeah. Uh, Network. 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah, The Patty Shiaski movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a little, I mean, depends on the, you know, there's different schools of thought on it, but it's like, it was a little better because as long as you had a strong-willed person, you could have good news. And since there are so little options, you could just watch, you know, they weren't going to get killed by other networks because you were, you all had such good ratings anyways, you know. Right, you. you the pie was the same size, but it was being shared with less people, so you still yeah. had a large enough share of that pie. And then you feel like good news would end up triumphing because when you only have four choices and you're finally like, I think this is the one telling the truth, more people would gravitate. Instead of having a hundred news sources and now you got to find the two that are actually telling you the truth yeah. and it's just harder to even find that. But then you could also argue that, you know, more points of view are better, but then you end up yeah. with Donald Trump as your president. So I don't right. know. Um, I did like <laughs> Lou Grant's line about how when he worked in the newspaper business, when circulation went down, they wouldn't put the comics on the front page. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's all about the comics on the front page. Man. Well, and I always remember the comics being on the front page. Yeah. And also the comics used to be on the front page, like, in the 1920s. You know? Did it? Wait, yeah. I've never seen them on the front page. Um, yeah. I've seen alt weeklies with illustrated covers. Well, I remember the Sunday paper having the oh. comics on the front page, like in the 90s, like when Calvin and Hobbes was big. Yeah? Really? I don't remember that at all. I always had oh. to dig for them, and it was always hard, although I would be reading the Oregonian, and you would be reading the Californian, bro. Yeah, it was like the LA Times, I remember, yeah. when I was a kid, would have the yeah. comics on the outside, on just on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, and everyone That's knows cool. that the greatest comic of all time was Peanuts. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Charles Schwartz was from Minnesota, and I'm Hell legally yeah! required to say that Peanuts was the greatest comic strip of yeah. all time. You guys are star fuckers. Son, son of St. Paul. He actually was, like, born and raised here. He yeah, just traveled through here briefly. Well, you know, Portland has a lot of celebrities, too, and we're just too cool to talk about <laughs> them all the time because they're beneath us. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. You guys, I totally agree with that. You are way too cool to talk about it all the time. But Schultz spent a bunch of his career in Santa Rosa, and that's why there's the Schultz Museum there and stuff. Yeah. That's where he lived. Yeah. Because he got the fuck out of Minnesota's first opportunity. We don't want to talk about the fact that most people who get famous actually just, like, get the fuck out the quickest they can. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, there when before they make it, and they're like, this place sucks. That's why Prince's loss was such a hard hit, was because he, like, <laughs> stayed here and worked here. And... Yeah, exactly. He liked Minnesota because he said the cold kept the bad people away. Yeah. Wow. But then, of course, he was probably on, you know, especially earlier on, on tour, like, <laughs> half the time, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever get to go to one of the parties? Uh, we no. sh- I should have. You never went to a party at Prince's house? Well, you, you could, kind of, actually. Like, Paisley Park, yeah. like... You could just go out, go there sometimes, and every like few weekends, he just suddenly come out and just jam, and then have like an impromptu concert. Whoa! Yeah, he's amazing. Well, it's too late now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I've, way too late. I've realized that, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next scene is a bar, and uh, or wait, no, I, I'm going, I'm skipping a little ahead because then there becomes a little uh, moment for Mary because Jack wants to know because Lou is very much against this whole like let's make the news a little fluffier and just easier for people to hear and but then he thinks maybe other people agree with him that's Jack speaking and maybe Mary has something to say about this so now it's up to Mary to decide whether she agrees with Jack and to change the format to more softer news or agree with Lou and she ends up agreeing with Jack, and I'm still not sure if she does that because she genuinely agrees with him or out of spite because Lou is paying her less. Yeah, and Lou is also, like, really pressuring her to have his opinion, yes. which is, like, really unfair. It seems abusive, mm-hmm. so maybe she just wants to tell him to fuck himself really clearly. Yeah. And But, I mean, throughout the episode, she seems to stand by her decision to back Jack. But at the same time, and maybe this is my own bias coming through, it's like, but I agree with Lou on this part. <laughs> and so maybe I just want her to agree on that side instead of saying maybe, like, lightening it up is better. But then to also be fair, her solution is just to get a looser atmosphere but not necessarily change the news. But I don't know. Yeah, it seems like her solution is be informative but like be fun while you're being informative or maybe what i'm gathering is that ted sucks and their solution is <laughs> how do we minimize ted's sucktitude I yeah think i wondered about that <laughs> i think Seriously. it just like spirals out of control like i think she's on board for the basic idea but then the execution of it like spins out yeah. of control yeah she almost has a handle on it then doesn't uh next scene uh we're at a bar and lou grant seems to be drowning his sorrows away because he's not happy about this format change but then uh mary comes in and of course she's like you know i hope you're not mad at me i've i'm not mad at you anymore although i think she still should be mad at <laughs> that him. was my yeah. I'm like, why not you should be <laughs> I know, and then he's mad at her, and it's just so, like, abusive. Well, he also says, you you know, you have no reason to be mad at me. I'm like, yes. Gaslight. He does. Right? Yeah. Seriously, this is, like, a horribly prescient episode. Mm-hmm. So they turn on the TV to see 
what the news is right now, and we just learned that Ted really sucks at his job. Yeah, and that's this is why I wrote down, I'm like, if Ted's so bad, why don't they just dump him? I know. <laughs> yeah, it is a wonder. Is he supposed to be just, like, so handsome they want to keep him, or what? Or, like, such know. an institution that they have to keep yeah. him? Like, he's, like, a trusted I'm... local voice or something? I don't know. Maybe he's, like, rich and he owns them. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if there's, like, an explanation for why he's employed, because I feel like... It might just be an ongoing bit, yeah. You know, yeah. But there might actually be a reason at some. Well, and like certainly, I would not. Uh, it would not be unusual for a sitcom in its later years to exaggerate the characteristics of its characters to the point where Ted would be just like so terrible that you wouldn't imagine him being having continued employment, but you're just so used to it by then. But I'm like, this is the third season. We're not. This show isn't long in the tooth yet. So yeah, yeah. I feel like he should still be fairly grounded, and he just kind of comes across as a goofball. So they turn to Channel 6 to see the channel that's uh, kicking their butt in the ratings, and uh, they're laughing about a killer typhoon, but having a good time about it, you know? So. <laughs> It's the Goofy News. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More on that typhoon later. Top 10 cutest baby animals caught in a typhoon. <laughs> so the solution is to get Gordy to be like a co-anchor with Ted, hoping that basically Gordy is good at everything and that will override Ted sucking at everything. Which is like a black man supporting a white dude's incompetence. So it is like... A little too real still, but it's good we're having the discussion. Yes, be twice as good to get half the credit, right? Exactly. So then we get to the next scene, which is Ted, I think, is actually on camera, and Lou Grant thinks this is the right time to tell him that they're going to do a format change at some point. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, you'd think uh, it happened in a meeting at some point yeah. afterwards. But uh, Ted throws a fit and walks off the set, so then Gordy comes... Right comes in and does twice as good as Ted, but then Ted has to take his spot back. Also weird is that uh, they apparently deliver the news standing up at a podium. Yeah. Like, there like, there's no desk. There's no... And it was one of those where I'm like, was that how it was in the 70s? Or is this just like a TV show having a yeah. bare-bones set? Like a real-world TV show not putting a lot of money into their show within the show's set. But then they change it once they go to the two-anchor format where they're both sitting uh-huh. in a chair talking, so I don't know. But it, even then, it's just like, I, I picture like news anchors, like they sit behind like a desk kind of a thing. I don't know, their podium might have just been more of a thing back then. I mean, it makes sense to be... It could be. To deliver yeah. news on a podium. He looked more like a game show host than a news sure. anchor to me. <laughs> and then Mary had to keep complimenting him on his jacket, doing unpaid yeah. emotional labor to keep him from from like being a huge <laughs> hissy fit throwing man bitch and it barely worked and then the other business guy yeah you just blew it for her and then she tries to calm down this asshole again well we'll get to that in a moment yeah, yeah, because yeah. They, we're talking about the mysteries of the 70s and we go to mary's apartment and she's got an electric toothbrush yeah that blew me away because that felt really modern she might as well plugged <laughs> yeah. in a goddamn iphone <laughs> a she downloaded a an 70s app. Carpeted yeah. iPhone with paisley, green flowers. 
<laughs> oh man, I fucking love a little shag on the back of my, of my iPhone. I know, awesome. give me that. <laughs> Somebody get that. Yeah, so, and just in the apartment, Rhoda shows up again and she just talks about how the co-anchoring is going. And of course, like, everyone seems to just agree that, like, Gordy should be the host and Ted should be gone. Mary says she gets the, as Carolyn pointed out, she gets Ted to agree to taking a backseat as the straight man by just continuing complimenting his jacket. That distracts him enough yeah. to uh, go forward. Yeah, you have to wonder if the uh, the male that was in this position ahead of Mary that got paid more had to do that kind of emotional heavy lifting. Right? Yeah. It's like April and the Ninja Turtles all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual satisfaction that the Ninja Turtles give <laughs> I like she's describing the format to Rhoda, and she's like, "It's gonna be really not awful." Yeah, that <laughs> was really modern too. That's how people talk. Yeah. When we had the meeting about this new podcast we put together, I think that was our our pitch to each other. That was our ambition. I don't know if we've achieved it, Let's but that's what we're it. going. Yeah, we're for, trying right? though. You know, we got we're goals. shooting for really yeah. not awful. <laughs> rate us really not awful on iTunes. Yeah, stars. please. I think that's five stars is really not awful. You know, it's, right there. it's like three stars. Yeah, totally, that's the way it works. <laughs> You're yeah. ruining the joke, Ryan. That <laughs> this is that's, why we haven't even reached really not awful yet. I know. <laughs> One joke turned after another. Uh, we go back to the set, and this is where Jack, the big businessman, or owner, whatever, bigwig, comes in and lets the cat out of the bag to Ted that he is actually the straight man, and that's thankless work, and no one's going to care about him. And he does not like this. He says, I realize that being a straight man is a thankless job. And I was like, amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Breach it. I know. So finally, I finally felt like someone understood. (laughs) Well, what's funny, and it's funny you mentioned that, right, because that line... I mean, giggles aside, that line means something different now that they probably didn't intend. That. <laughs> yeah. like, we can we can read that innuendo into it, and I'm sure that was not intended at all. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I agree. They all love Gordy, and then so yeah, t- and so Ted basically so Mary comes in and kind of learns that you know things are falling apart because Ted tells her. I laughed. Yeah, that was I. I did too. She's like, I got personality. Ted, you don't. <laughs> Just her matter of fact way of saying it. I that legitimately made me laugh too. So now Ted's trying to not be the straight man, and so he makes fun of the Polish. Oh my god. <laughs> Just right to race jokes. <laughs> I love how make the news more entertaining is pepper it with jokes. Yeah. Race jokes, too, from a white dude. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> but to be fair, they point out how wrong that is, which is, I don't know. Today, yeah. sometimes I feel like a Polish joke would just occur on television without anyone sure. caring. Or- yeah, like, they, they make a point of this not being an appropriate joke for him. Like, this is sort of the... 
your your slightly racist grandpa's making a joke yeah. and they make a point of pointing out that like that's not appropriate and he needs to not be telling those kind of jokes. And, and Lou is watching this and getting trashed. Yeah, they have Brandy right at the watch part too. The yeah. part under all those cool TV clocks. This is actually a very special episode about being a drunk. <laughs> being um a successful alcoholic. Oh, a functioning yeah, high functioning, alcoholic. yeah. Yeah, the go-to-commercial line at the end of this scene that made me laugh really hard, too, is them saying, like, we'll be back after this with further apologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get to the really serious portion of the show, because this is actually a very special episode about population control. Oh my god, does this sound like a thing a Nazi would say? I was kind of scared. Yeah, there was, that was, I think that was one of those, like, hot button issues of the 70s. Well, I mean, it's, it's still a concern. (laughs) There's just not really, like, a humane way to do it. I mean, they're doing all this stuff in China, I guess, but. Didn't B. Arthur, like, do an ad campaign about pulling out that? Yeah, all the Democrats obeyed. I think I saw that. Uh, The Cracked Research team dug this up. This is from the IMDB page, the trivia page for this episode. So it's not sourced at all, and I have no idea how accurate it is. But uh, apparently the population that she says that the population between 1932 and 1978 will have doubled from approximately 2 billion to 4.8 and that it's projected to be seven billion by two thousand, but in nineteen eighty the population was five billion, mm-hmm. and was at six and a half billion in two thousand, mm-hmm. and that as of twenty sixteen more than two hundred and fifty thousand people are born every day. Damn. And so basically, we've already passed sort of the overpopulation mark that she talks about here, and um. We're basically we're fucked is more or less the the gist of it. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, and like to sustain just the first world needs is beyond our capacity at this point. Like just just sit back and get drunk and <laughs> watch the fire burn. Watch the world burn. People are gonna be like, man, that podcast was way better before it got all political. <laughs> no, I know. Know. <laughs> and we'll be like, no, it wasn't. No, it was no, never it wasn't. that <laughs> good. It was never. Yeah, that it wasn't good. that great. <laughs> But, you know, nostalgia is powerful. I don't know if you've noticed that. But it's so hard to be apolitical these days right now, right? No one's apolitical. The people who would have to say that just want you to shut up. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, like, I mean, yeah, even when we were doing Say by the Bell Reviewed, we certainly had our views on politics. But it's almost like it's so in your face right now that it's tough to even just talk for an hour without it coming up, you know? Well, plus, by definition, now we're talking about, like, issues. Yeah, I know. We talk about, you know, these these episodes, by definition, are tackling some kind of an issue, and so that just brings a a level of, of politics to it that weren't wasn't necessarily as apparent when we were just talking about the goofy shit that Zach and his buddies were getting up to. <laughs> oh, you guys, we've all really grown <laughs> up. We're so grown up now. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Garrett. Try not to. I yeah. tried really hard not to be, I know. They weren't all happy days. 
Anyway, so Mary's trying to speak out against uh, population <laughs> growth, and then Ted keeps being a man, I think is what I have written. And then at one point she finally snaps and is like, will you shut up, Ted? And I laugh pretty hard at that, too. <laughs> he keeps interrupting her, and I don't even understand why. Like, this is just sexism, pure yeah, and simple, so. right? Well, he's trying to be likable and funny on the show, so he's just trying too hard oh, yeah. to make jokes. He's... A la... I won't say who... <laughs> And uh, so he keeps wow. just butting in and making jokes, and then she gets sick of it, which is I thought it was a pretty yeah. good bit. Yeah, he's totally heckling her. It's like amazing. Like, oh, I hated him so much. I hated him <laughs> more than the boss. Well, you're about to a lot more. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, she tells him to shut up, and Lou appreciates that. He's enjoying, I don't know if he's enjoying Ted getting put in his place or the train wreck the uh, this episode had become, or this newscast yeah. had become, but he's enjoying stuff. So we get back to Lou's office and we finally get to this whole like inequality and in pay issue. And uh, Mary gets the $25 a week instead of $50 a week. Well, and then she's like, that's fucking bullshit. And then he's like, I'll try to I'll try to get you your 50 bucks. Yeah. And it's sort of left <laughs> open-ended. But I do like that telling Ted to shut up when he won't stop interrupting her is what earns her her equal pay. That yeah. was kind of subtly brilliant. Yeah. But, of course, always be careful of people who go extreme, like, you know, paying you getting $50 less a week than, you know, a male. Shut up, David. <laughs> David, shut up. Give me money. Money, please. Hat throw. <laughs> I'm saying be careful of the window shifting where suddenly $25 seems acceptable because it's better than the $0. And really, you're, you're owed the $50. Right. And that's oh, absolutely. What you should get, yeah. and you shouldn't let them. Well, we're led to believe that she gets the $50. Because she doesn't accept it when he's like $25. She's like. Yeah, I'm saying don't accept it, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. She's like, no, nah, motherfucker, give me my $50. And he's like, all right, I'll make it happen. Why couldn't <laughs> he give her the money without her having to do a thing? That's. You know, I know it's the journey and the struggle, but that's the annoying thing is that we put all the pressure on the marginalized people themselves to change the things when they're already marginalized. It's like if everybody could uh, just be cool, then everybody would get to chill out a bit more. Goddamn. If only everybody could just be cool, Caroline. I know. That's what I well, in, in this particular case, not only did the marginalized person have to advocate on her behalf mm -hmm. do something to win over the person in a position of privilege but mm -hmm. she's the one that had to identify that there was a problem to begin with yes like she discovered for herself that she was being underpaid and that's it's like, the onus was a hundred percent on her in every mm -hmm. facet of the of the scenario mm-hmm uh, also, they talk about all of the angry telegrams that they're getting as a result of this broadcast, <laughs> to which I went, telegrams? Was this airing in 1872? I know. <laughs> Polish were upset. I forget. Was anyone I, else I upset? I was surprised the Catholics weren't upset about that population control editorial. <laughs> yeah, the FCC was upset. Yeah. Because she said, shut up. I guess. And that's where I got a little confused, because... 
Obviously, it was acceptable to say because they said it on television, except it wasn't for the news, and that's where I got Oh, right, because this show, they said it. Yeah. Was it as controversial as the Janet Jackson nipple when she said shut up? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, was Mary telling Ted to shut up the nipple gate of 1972? (laughs) Yeah, and then Ted's nipples came out. Kaboing. That'd be sexy. Yeah. And so then the whole stinger to all this is that uh, Ted comes in the middle of it, and then he's like, "Because fuck you, Ted." Yeah, fuck Ted. Fuck him. <laughs> Which I thought was a funny note to end on. Yeah. I chuckled. Oh, this show's funny. Yeah. I was surprised at how much I laughed. Yeah. It's a great show. Uh, the end. (laughs) (laughs) MTM (laughs) RIP. Ryan, did you learn anything? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Carolyn. Yeah. What was your favorite special moment of this episode? Um, I have a very special moment myself. It's a smaller one right at the beginning. <laughs> Ladies can have as many special moments as they want. Whoa, whoa. Is this getting, like, racy over here? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to control. That's one thing sexism gives us. <laughs> that doesn't give you it's multiple special moments. I had one right at the very beginning when I learned that Austin clams up on murders. <laughs> Well, that was before we started recording, I think. Possible. Are we keeping that, or do I have to say a different No, thing? you keep that. Weird. Whatever. This episode the train wreck, anyway. <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> shit show. Sorry, I'm... Don't let us tell you what we can and can't yeah. do, Carol. You decide for yourself. Own your statements. And give me 20% more chips, damn it. <laughs> Austin? Anything special about this episode? Did you learn anything? Do you think I'm awesome? <laughs> The most special moment for me was when Lou Grant was day drinking at a important <laughs> business meeting. <laughs> that was Jack. He was pouring him out. You want? Oh yeah, no, Jack. What? What I loved was that Jack says he's like, "Oh, I guess it's probably too early for a drink," and then Lou Grant's like, "Fuck that! I'll have a scotch." <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah. Then were the days, right, where you could get drunk and then you come right. home and then you beat on your kid. <laughs> And dinner's ready for yeah, you, too. Exactly. Like. Well, you're going to be hungry after all that day drinking. I mean, Lord no. And kid beating really takes it out. And the, and the beating, yeah. You really work up an appetite beating your kids. Don't you want to know what? what I learned? <laughs> I mean, maybe not that much. <laughs> all right, Ryan, what did you learn? I learned about the Mary Tyler Moore statue. I didn't know about oh, that. Yeah, I want to yeah, see that yeah, thing. Yeah. That's come cool. out and visit cool. us, Ryan. We'll, we'll show you all the sites. Now I'm gonna have. Well, is that? Are there? Is there another one? Is there any more? Oh yeah, no. We'll, we'll show you all of the places that memorialize Minnesota's brief interactions with various <laughs> celebrities. Be like Eminem ate a taco here. Do you have a place where Vin Diesel chewed gum? Probably. Um, we could take you to the house that was used for the exterior shots of Mary's apartment. 
Yeah. Oh, might have to go there. I, I once did a singles 5K that started where the Mary Tyler Moore statue was. Oh, shit. Can you flirt with people while you were running? Was that the idea? Uh, I learned... No. <laughs> I always, I wondered how that worked. <laughs> no. Or was it just all women running away from David? Yeah, well, you know, I'm used to that. <laughs> That's the not called a 5K, a... David. That's called women running from you. <laughs> the problem is, A, I'm sweating like a pig, like I'm just drenched in sweat as I'm doing this, which really, you know, puts my best foot forward. And then B, I'm out of breath, so anything I say is just heavy panting, which I prefer to do over the phone. Yeah, it's then, tough. You know. Do you want to go on a date? Yeah, it's usually a, you yeah. save that for the phone. <laughs> I love the idea that David went to a singles meetup at the Mary Tyler Moore statue, and then it was like, oh, I guess it was a 5 k <laughs> I couldn't. It was intentional. I knew what I was in for, and then it's. I couldn't run and flirt. I can barely like sit and flirt. That sounds <laughs> yeah, really hard. No, it wasn't the greatest uh, singles experience for me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Live and learn. And then two people totally hooked up, and you had to watch them make out while they were running the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh... It was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> I, what did I learn? I learned that the Mary Tyler Moore show is actually pretty funny. I should watch more of it. Yeah, no, I learned that too. Yeah, yeah it's a really good show. Yeah, I guess I learned that women aren't all bad. Yeah. The uh, jury's still out on that one. Well. <laughs> okay. okay. As the representative of all women on this podcast, Carol, you've yet to prove that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Step up for your gender, Carol. I know. Oh shit! Um, um, um. I'll start vacuuming more. <laughs> That's what women do, right? I I don't know. <laughs> Still don't know what women do. Okay, I wear a bow. Nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to differentiate you from your default male mode, is that it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're getting into gamergate. I think. I don't know. I know. Let's not. Oh, let's not take that sin on our shoulders <laughs> as well. <laughs> Well, this got, I don't know, I guess it was a political episode, so I no wonder we got into We're all dark these days. Yeah, I know, we can't escape it. The world's a dumpster fire, I don't know. (laughs) I hope you all enjoyed this episode, though. (laughs) 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 Listeners. (laughs) I know. uh, This episode was a dumpster fire, too. We're just... Art imitating life. Oh, of the podcast. No, I know. Yeah, not of no color more. It's just, it's not a dumpster fire. It's just a toilet. Yeah. Just a, a toilet, toilet fire? That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> You'll see it soon uh-huh. enough. Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can we find you making 30% more than most men in the world? <laughs> uh, an alternate dimension. <laughs> and you can find me in general at www.carolynmain.com. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street, Carolyn Main, on Tumblr, Carolyn Main, at Twitter, Carolyn Main. There's a fan page on Facebook, and you'll see all kinds of cool stuff there. Mm. Yeah, woo that. Woo it. Uh, Ryan? Uh, I got a website. It's oh yes, very nice. That's O-H-Y-E-S, very nice, dot com, where you can see all my artworks. Oh yes, very nice, comics, dot Tumblr is my Tumblr. I'm trying to put more stuff up there, including a tribute illustration I did of Mary Tyler Moore, oh, if you want to yeah, see it. Very nice. Um, was, it's also cool. my, oh yes, very nice, is my Twitter handle and my Instagram, where I guess I'm putting more drawings on Instagram now, too, because I think, I don't know if more people use it than Tumblr, but I definitely am more active on there. So, I don't know. It's all about getting them likes. Anyway, that's all. That's how you find me on the internet. Mm-hmm. Getting them likes. Uh, Austin? Yo. 
Do you exist on the internet? I do. You can join me day drinking on Twitter at Austin Gordon, <laughs> and you can read my writing at the real gentleman of leisure.com. I will also be day drinking next to Austin's Twitter. <laughs> nice. We're, we're I, all pretty much drunk 78% of the time. I usually just stroke Ooh. it to Austin's Twitter. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> but you can find me on the internet spreading fake news at Dr. Bits. <laughs> Dr. Spelled Out. So stupid. And at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. We are a very special episode podcast. You can find us Twitter at AVSEpod, and you can check out our Facebook and give us all sorts of great compliments and don't make fun of me at all because it hurts my feelings. And you can email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, and you should go to all of those and rate us as highly as possible because that's the mediocre rating, I think. Five stars is mediocre. Don't ruin the joke again, Ryan. How many Polacks does it take <laughs> to rate an iTunes podcast? Um, three. Five stars. <laughs> three Polacks. Uh, so for a very special episode podcast, I am David Bitsenoffer, and I'm telling you that I've got personality too. Yeah, that was this AVC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTP. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAC, or the C Money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode Alright <laughs> Stop the recording. No one's going to tell me I don't. All right. Cool. No, you do. Aww, you totally you. do. That, uh, I suppose we probably week. we stepped all over your joke, didn't we? Ah, uh, what's that? That you, want, you wanted Which us to one? say no, you don't. Uh, if it, if I had any sort of like uh, planning on this episode, I may have told you one of you, but you know, I was yeah. very well. I mean, you could do unorganized. it. You could do it again, and I could give you the line if you want. You could, but that that seems like a lot of work. Try a take, because I just want to hear how natural you guys can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's out, no, right? I don't care about you. Just start getting naked like you always do after the movie. There you go. That's gonna be like I am David Bitsenoffer and I've got personality too, Austin. David, you don't. <laughs> oh burn. I believe the line was what? David, no, you don't. Oh, I thought it was just you don't. I think she's like, Ted, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, Why are you right. critiquing that? That All was right. good. Should we do? Should we do another take? Austin. No, it's do it, fine. Do it. Do it. Do one more. Do one more. But this time, yeah, no, 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 both no. of you guys, I want you to have more homosexual okay. subtext. Okay. 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 I think I got this. Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> and for a very special episode podcast, I'm David. 
I know. They never called me one. And for a very special episode podcast, I'm David and I've got personality too. Austin. <laughs> David, no, you don't. Oh, I do, Austin. You know no, you it. And no, you, you don't. Want it. Yes, yes, yes you I do. do. <laughs> you want it. You want my personality. How's that, Kara? I think that's the keeper, guys. Right. I think right. that is it. Cut, print. That's a wrap. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, and uh, stop. I think that last minute was better than our entire podcasting. Mary Tyler Moore, one of the greatest ever. I love her. Thank you, Mary, for being such an inspiration to us all, all of us women in television. Thank you very much. Truly, what you do on this show with such intelligence and grace and sensitivity, what you do for literacy, I am in awe of you and so grateful. Well, let me just say, you have no idea what you've meant to me. Yes, I think I do. (laughs) I mean, I would just, I mean, you have, well, you understand. No, but I'll take it if you want to give it. I just want to say that, you know, there are many times in our lives when there are those of us who we only had the television for inspiration. And you were one of those women who was a light. I I mean, I just used to, every Saturday night while I was conditioning my hair, no dates. (laughs) Well, you know, it's been the most gratifying thing to me, too, as uh, time has gone on and this show has come to mean so much to people. And to hear from young women, old women, whatever that I was, our show was an inspiration for them to go into journalism right. or television work of some kind. I wanted to work in Minneapolis with you. Because yeah. <laughs> I was in news at the time, and I just, I wanted an O above my refrigerator. I wanted, because uh, you had the M. Yes. But just the, the classiness, the way you presented yourself, and y'all know Mary is here. The way you carry, just what you were. You know, Maya Angelou says... Of, of some people, they have a certain way of being in this world, and that's what you brought to that character. You might just make it after all. <laughs> oh no, he coughed. Oh no, that almost killed David. <laughs> I know, that's hard. I'm gonna miss like, him. <laughs> I'm gonna miss him. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Me too. I don't. I would never murder him. <laughs> never. Austin's just silent. On on the on the status of murdering, yeah.
He's complicit in it. He's been complicit in a lot of murders. <laughs> his silence is his <laughs> compliance. You know? He's been so well trained. Anytime he hears murder, he just clams up and don't know anything. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Uh, on the L and clap when I say one, two, three, clap. Okay. One, two, three, clap. That was, that was a good one. Song. I feel Speaking. confident that I got it on the L. No, that was a really good clap. Thank you. Speaking oh. of clapping, David, did you listen to uh, this week's episode yet? Uh, no, not yet. Not the do, whole do you remember how at the beginning you you guys were arguing with me as to whether or not I said clap when we clapped? Yeah. <laughs> You were right, and I did not say clap. (laughs) That was was big of you, Austin. And I I put that discussion in at the very end so that it's on the record. (laughs) That that rivalry resolved pretty fast, actually. Proud of you guys. You might just make it after all. Uh, good time news and reviewing this with me <laughs> I'm very ill prepared right now guys <laughs> and reviewing this with me in who yeah and reviewing this with me did you say who, reviewing this in you Is yeah that... in me whatever <laughs> okay and okay. joining me <laughs> inside of me yeah. is the person who likes to go out onto the streets of Minneapolis and throw his hat in the air. You might just make it after all. She almost has a handle on it, then doesn't. Ugh, one moment. Talking to his cat. I hope or... he's talking to his cat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or that there's like a stranger in his apartment or something. <laughs> he's being a guy. total asshole. He's not using a coaster. <laughs> he branches there. <laughs> You're being an asshole. You're not paying Mary what she's worth. Do we know who I told was being an asshole? Well, we hoped it was, was your cat? cat or a stranger in your apartment. <laughs> of course, it was my cat. He's always yeah. an asshole. What a dick. <laughs> That's what cats do, yo. <laughs> All right. Someone else do some giving. Love is all around, no need to waste it. 